0: full-service financial planning service company welcome to the veronica edwards show where we have fun financial conversations that everyone can, everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited to be back here on bizradio.us. We are almost to the end of season two, and I'm so thankful for the V Team for listening and downloading the show. We've been one of the top five shows on bizradio.us in 2023, so I really appreciate all the support. And I'm super appreciative for the guests that we have today. So I want to jump right in. So today's guest is the co-owner of CounterFlow, along with his beautiful wife, Anna, which supports on the ground community work in technical and tangible ways to center and elevate the people over systems. And I met this guest um, about a year ago when I started working with Yamoja Health, Wellness, and Justice Collective. And we had the great Michael Hayes on the show a few weeks back. And it's truly been a pleasure working with this person, one of the nicest and kindest people I know, and has so much passion for the community. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my British
1: mate, Mr. Dan. So
0: <laughs> hey Dan.
1: Hello Veronica. How are you, mate? <laughs>
0: I am good. I was teasing Dan that I typically don't have um, white heterosexual men on my show. So he's very special to me and my first British person. So if I start talking in an accent that's terrible, Dan, just forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) So Dan, we always start the show. I like to ask the guests to tell the listeners about you, where you're from and your story that led you to Asheville and just working in the community and entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm actually an Italian citizen and I started my uh, my journey of life in Italy, in the north of Italy. Uh, my family, my dad's side of the family is from Sicily. So that's uh, we're actually going back there and introducing our two uh, six and seven year old girls to their Sicilian relatives in June, which I'm really excited about. Oh, but,
0: that's cool!
1: Yeah, I, so I I I grew up first in uh, in Italy, um, and uh, and then moved to England when I was 11, and um, th- I stayed there long enough to pick up the accent, and then come <laughs> to the states and use it. <laughs>
0: yeah, when I tell you do you just get stuff because you start talking and you're just like okay guys it's not that big of a deal
1: Uh, yeah i guess i probably use it to my advantage but i mean every so often i'll say well because people will stop me halfway and say oh i love the way you talk and uh, i say well what i'm saying isn't that good (laughs) (laughs) but it gives me a little window of attention that i think i i try and, and take advantage of um yeah, and then I I came to Asheville about almost ten years ago, um, and uh, I'd been in the helping field since probably about ten years by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I came to Asheville, and you know, depending on who I'm sharing with, although I'm more open about it these days, I came to I came to uh, Asheville for for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a, I was functionally using. Uh, mind and mood altering substances (laughs) Um, even in the helping field um, for a while and not so functionally at other times you know my story has uh, you know all all the dark shades and color of uh, active use uh, of many other people I didn't because of kind of the you know the intersecting privileges uh that i have including my accent which we spoke about <laughs> i didn't experience some of the permanent consequences i think that a lot of my friends uh did um but you know it it, it got it got colorful to the point that you know in in england we call it you know i was sectioned um <laughs> so uh you know there was uh, professional babysitting let's say mm-hmm. um and then um, Asheville was kind of where I came to, to, to start over. Um, and because I'd had a career in the helping profession, um, you know, I, w- I was pretty fortunate really to, to get to not really skip too many beats once I, you know, decided to turn my life around. And I worked uh, uh, for our local government in child welfare for about almost eight years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then you know i was i'm kind of a child welfare abolitionist i mean we were doing some some pretty amazing things y- utilizing uh, peer supports with lived experience of uh, active addiction and uh, having experience of separation from their children and kind of being really relationally driven to uh, ensure that families stay together and we did really well at that so well that i think the knee jerk reaction particularly in the West is like, if something goes, well, you expand it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes it grows like a cancer, you know, that, I mean, I think expansion is not the right knee jerk reaction all Mm -hmm. the time, even if you're offering something very, uh, you know, healing. Um, I think you've always got to be careful because expanding culture, especially a relational culture, like it, it takes a lot of intention and, uh, and kind of stick-to-itiveness
0: uh mm-hmm. knowing
1: where you stand and so we did expand we we got a lot of money from the state to expand and and i i, I wasn't i wasn't sure i mean i actually i i felt pretty certain that we we shouldn't because we i knew we'd start chasing numbers rather than mm-hmm. and of course that i felt like that's what was happening and i had to check myself and say you know what am I going to stand where I stand um <laughs> because if I do either I'll you know probably get fired speaking up mm-hmm. or I can maintain my my integrity and maybe a, a a pretty positive reputation and and leave and do something else and for a while I toyed with that um, and uh, I toyed with uh, the idea of leaving, and then at a certain point, I was really clear that that was the right decision. I didn't have another plan.
0: <laughs> wow! So, you
1: know. And Dan,
0: and Dan, I just want to pause that for a second. Because yeah. You said so much good stuff, you know. And I think those listening, this happens in for-profit, and this happens in nonprofit. A good thing happens, and then we want to expand, and we want to explode. And I think to your point, sometimes it's good to pause and see okay well what worked and will this continue to work if we expand because i know for me personally i love the work that i do and thankfully i've been blessed that a lot of people like yourself you know sends me referrals and Mm -hmm. likes working with me but i had to decide does balance virtually are we going to be like a 200 client company or more Mm. of a 20 client company because i can give the value And I can make a difference maybe with those 20 that then can go out and affect another 20 and another 20 and another 20. So I love that you kind of had to wrestle with that and you had to decide, Mm -hmm. yeah, I might've started this and this is what we were thinking it was going to go. But now that it's going a different way, maybe Mm -hmm. I do need to step aside and that takes a lot of guts to do.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Um, I also think, you know, the framing I, I was using, you know, like, I think, you know, we live in a world where there are all these illusionary rules that we mm-hmm. follow without thinking about them. And one of them is about financial security mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and or, or security in general. And I had, I guess at the time it was, you know, uh, a three and five year old or maybe four and six, uh, mm-hmm. six year old, four and five year old. And, you know, for a while I was like, you know, I have, I have a county job, there's job security, there's, uh-huh. you know, all the kind of golden handcuffs. <laughs> yes, everyone says,
0: once you work for the county, it doesn't matter what county and what state.
1: Yeah. You're well, you know, I mean, you're like, oh, it's only 12 years before I can, you know, retire. And, uh-huh. um, And, you know, those are really true temptations. But at a certain point, I thought, you know, what kind of security do I want to teach my kids? Like the security Mm. of like knowing where you stand or of, uh, you you know, again, like having a nicer car. You know, my (laughs) car is a piece of junk and (laughs) I'm actually very proud of it. Me Um,
0: too. I'm proud of my Nissan Rogue, 10 years old.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what how old my car is but I, I did vacuum it this morning for the first time in probably a year and clean it like three times but like I think that at, at that you know I mean my kids weren't able to maybe comprehend you know like what that meant but I thought you know when you do have children like every moment whether you're watched or not it, you you know I think there is a different perspective in the back of your mind of like am I setting an example even when I'm when they're not there as a parent yeah and uh and I think that's probably how clarity came for me um and so I took this leap and I didn't know what was next um but I did know that I'd been really disappointed by the administration of public programs especially this uh kind of uh when things go well at the grassroots level like the hierarchy takes over it's yes. just that, again another knee-jerk reaction you know everybody wants to get in and then decision making floats up the chain rather than staying in the hands of the people that are closest to the problem that are off, you know by the same token closest to the solution
0: Polish. and yeah.
1: um yeah so i i thought well i'll write a letter of disappointment to some universities uh that teach public administration and and see what happens and I started and ended up finishing um, you know uh, a master's in public administration, really looking at critical scholarship of mm. public administration and, and kind of dissent um, and other more participatory ways of, of going because you can <laughs> remain participatory and about the people, uh, and you can, you know, uh, you know see the illusion for what it is mm-hmm. um, that decisions in the hands of a few you know don't don't take into account um the community really and then and that's kind of how counterflow kind of started to evolve and um i i had the opportunity to lead a small nonprofit part-time um that dealt with housing and the intersection of substance use and, and mental health and and justice challenges oh,
0: wow that's amazing
1: yeah, but at that point, you know, that's when I felt the core of like, Dan, you should not be leading anything in Asheville. Like <laughs> Ezra Male, Not from around here. Very clearly not from around here. Asheville has enough nonprofits and enough mm-hmm. incredible community leaders that are doing amazing work yes. uh, and they're so focused on the work that they're not as focused on kind of funding acquisition or all the things that now take technical skill to sustain and i was like i really can't be leading something i need to be supporting those leaders that are from around here and and that's really that's how that's how counterflow um you know really was born um, yeah
0: and counterflow just started in 2022 correct
1: yep yeah march of last year kind of soft launch probably really hard launch in january of this year that um, you know, I finished school. Anna and I kind of dedicated ourselves full, full time to it.
0: So, Dan, tell me when you were thinking about, OK, I want to support these folks and I know there's a technical need. What type of services specifically does CounterFlow, mm-hmm. so, you know, provide? And are you only providing it in Western North Carolina here in Asheville or it does it just depend if there's a need you're willing to travel to meet that need?
1: Yeah, those are two good questions. I would say, like, as far as what we do, the heart of it is always the same, which is to kind of center and elevate the voice of the people, right? Like, uh, the community that's being served, that often includes the leadership of the organization. Um, and, you know, our services kind of span from, I mean, we just started doing video, um, because, you know, again, to center the voices, you know, like, video is a beautiful kind of medium if used yes. well where people can really speak more freely and it, it you know authenticity comes across and i think you know you let go of your buzzwords a little bit more when when you because you're maybe more truly yourself if the people that are that are helping to produce the video like are connected to you yes uh, but all the way to like you know grant writing you know accounting stuff that I <laughs> so, again we know what our scope of expertise is and i would say we're generalists but so you know network weaving is one of the things that we do so that that's why you get referrals from me because mm-hmm. i'm like i i you know I didn't expect to find an accountant that was so vivacious and fun. Oh, and, stop it, Dan. Stayed, stop it. That way, even when we're, like, dealing with the mess of the system, right, yeah. like all yeah. the weights that it puts on, like, I mean, it it, it is often my favourite time of the day if we have a meeting with you because that energy's. you know, sometimes it gets tiring and that energy, like, increases <laughs> you back into kind of, like, okay this is about life yeah (laughs) this isn't about these it can be easy to get lost in these technical things so then we weave you know using you know our contacts that we have and contacts of contacts to like put the best people in place who are truly the experts right and then we help to kind of cultivate and then nurture that relationship so that we can get on with you know even more for for an agency so you know, that can be program design, but really the designs of programs are done by the community leaders, but we can go in and say, ah, you know, like this is maybe how we can do the work to speak about it so that the system understands. And so we play the game, but we play the game to break the game. And so Mm -hmm. like, then we infuse, you know, a grant application with a video of your participants talking about their experience and people that are connected, how that's impacted them. And so then we start to shift, hopefully, the game, right, which it feels like a bit of a trap sometimes, the game, to like a more where the people that are doing it authentically stick out and the people that are using that can talk about it, you know, rather than be about it, like maybe stick out too in a different kind of way. Um, And so we can redistribute money. Uh, Because redistributing wealth is, you know, a a big part of what equity is about. I think attention, wealth, um, you know, power. Um, I I
0: love it. I love it. I I just want to say, first of all, I love the name CounterFlow. And second, I've never seen a business model like this. And we so need this where folks don't know what they don't know. And I know most of your clients are nonprofits. So there's so many rules. There's so many red tape. And it's just a breath of fresh air to have someone like yourself and Anna who come in and say, "Okay, we'll figure this out together. That's all people need to hear sometimes. But when you're not given any help,
1: Mm. you
0: can feel defeated before you even start. So I just thank you guys so much for the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. And that, you know, that definitely helps as far as a business model. It's probably not good for making money <laughs> but it's good, for, it's good for spiritual wealth and and you know like uh social wealth I think
0: right and you guys are still making enough money to support yourselves mm-hmm. and have an amazing life with your six and seven year old beautiful daughters so with that being said are you, is counterflow taking new clients right now and what type of clients are you taking
1: yeah, so I I would say, you know, trust is a big part of how we work, right, so yes. we don't market in the same ways, even though I'm working on having a presence just to, because I mean, again, play the game to break the game, right, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so, you know, we're not out there seeking, but we are always interested in in working on things where we feel like we're the right fit, and, um you know that's generally established relationships or leveraging the trust of an established relationship Yep. Um, and so I, I would say yes it's like if anyone is interested you know do reach out and um let's talk about it right because i think if we're not the right fit hopefully we'll be able to we, we might be connected to someone that is
0: and so dan do you guys only work for non-profits or do you work for for-profits also
1: no uh, i mean there's again you know uh the it's not uh we're not exclusive to that for example gotcha. i think we've just started to work with a local you know uh uh black run um business that does uh that does you know candles and skincare products and stuff but it's nice. just about storytelling and healing and so you know we're helping with sharing the story on video and we're exploring that so yeah, we're you know it's really more about the vision and mission and who the organizational group is, uh, you know, nonprofit sector or for profit sector. It doesn't matter to me. The game's the same. Yes. Um, and we're trying to get away from that game.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, Dan, just like that, we're already to the end of the show. So I would love for you to provide your website, social media. How can people get in contact with you? That are like, hey. just starting my business or i've been in business for a while and i need some help putting these systems in place like i don't know what i don't know Mm
1: -hmm. how can
0: people reach out to you uh
1: i think the best kind of landing page where you can find all the social media links is uh is our website which is uh www.counterflowashville.com and uh yeah there we have like contact us obviously and A little bit about the work that we've done um it's pretty simple website i think uh but hopefully you get an idea and then there's the linkedin and facebook kind of links on there i think we have we do have instagram i still haven't quite figured out how to use it properly
0: (laughs) i have a person that does all that for me Dan, because i don't know how to do any of that either and before we go i just want to throw in uh, just to see if you guys would be open to this because i was talking with one of My other um, co-host here on the show, um, Joanna Haggerty, and we collaborate a lot. And we were thinking about putting together like a package, a video package. Do you guys do that, too, where if we said, hey, we just want to come in and we want to record this and we can resell it and blah, blah, blah. Do you do that also? It's not necessarily storytelling. Yeah,
1: definitely. If it's got storytelling inside of it. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful.
0: And I think a lot of people are moving to that, um, especially since COVID and just realizing the power of technology. But Dan, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on the show. And like I said, I'm just so thankful to have come across you in Honest Path, um, the Emoji family, just yeah. Yeah. that whole team is just amazing. And I know I wouldn't be there without you. And I'm just so thankful that you see something in me that you feel that is good. And is helpful because I'm always humbled by the kind words that you have to say. So thank you. Thank you. Thank They're you. I'll <laughs> tell yeah. my husband that. <laughs> so again, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to biz Please come back same time, same place 10am on Wednesdays for the Veronica Edwards show. And if you miss the live airing, you can listen to all prior shows at veronicaedwards.buzzsprout.com.